0: Good morning. I'm on now. (laughs) Good to see you this morning as we gather in the house of the Lord to worship and to receive the word that God has for us. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You're our rock. You're our redeemer. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would now lead us into all truth. That as your truth transforms our hearts, we might go forth and be doers of that truth, doers of your word. Not simply hearers only. Speak to us, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in Galatians chapter 6 today. This message has been kind of brewing in my heart for the last couple of weeks. Uh, This will be the third last message that I'll share with you. And I just have been praying to say, God, what is a word of encouragement that you want me to give to this body? As they begin a new chapter, it's really a new chapter, new opportunities that God is giving, bringing forward a shepherd who desires to guide the sheep so that the shepherd can take you and mold you into The family of Christ that God desires for you to be. Well, yesterday, I had um, my two oldest grandsons come to our house. We had a little bit of work for them, and it was hot yesterday. I don't know if any of you were out in the morning. I went and picked them up early because I thought, well, if I can save them from the heat, I'll be glad to do that. So I was over about 8.30, brought them home. But by 9 o'clock, it was like, shh, it was dripping off of me. I couldn't stop the sweat. And so they did one little project. We had a whole bunch of projects. They did one little project and then another little project and another little project. Got to be about 10.30, and they're asking me, how much longer is this going to be? I said, I don't know. I have no idea. I just know what the projects are that your grandmother has given us to accomplish. And we're not quitting until we get to that. I said, do you want to to stop? Do you want to quit? No response. And so then I said, well, go get a drink of water. They went and got a drink of water. They came back out and they said, what they usually do, they usually ask me sometime. And they hadn't asked me this week. They said, what are you Preaching about tomorrow. And so I said, I'm preaching about a man reaps what he sowed. So I said, in that light, what do you want to reap? I said, You want to quit now? Because I said, You have no idea what the grandfather has planned for you today. If you continue, and you persist in this wonderful endeavor, I said, "No, no, we'll we'll stick with it." So they stuck with it, and I'm telling you, it was it was hard. I was tired. I was really tired, and I'm a lot younger than they are. So um, we got to the end of the day. And I had decided that I was going to um, really, really bless them with a lot of money. But then the Lord said to me, Bruce, take them out to eat as well. Because this was an opportunity. So from my house to Golden Corral, they've never been to a smorgasbord before. Never. You have seven kids. They wouldn't be to a smorgasbord either. (laughs) <laughs> so we're on the road and I said, "Well, I I just want to um kind of share what your thoughts are on this passage. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And I said, so what are your thoughts on that? What have you learned today? And they said that you reap if you sow. And you know, And we're going to reap. They had no idea where we were going. I said, you are going to reap a harvest today. But I said, I want you to keep this in mind. Because no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, you have an opportunity for God to use you. And that you can reap what you sow. And then I said to them, And I want you to keep this in mind. The most important thing God has taught me from this passage is that you reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. So we got to Golden Corral, and boy did those boys reap. Three helpings later, Four helpings at the dessert bar. I hope their mother and father are not listening to this message. Four helpings at the dessert bar. And I took them home and they were very, very filled. You reap what you sow. And if you're a gardener or if you're a farmer, you really understand this passage. Because when Jesus spoke this, it was a very agrarian society. Farming was the focus in that day. And so it's very natural for God to speak about the concept of planting seeds, harvesting crops. I remember myself as a child when this passage really spoke to me was there was one year when I think I was about their age. My mother set me up with four widows. Two of them were in the church that I was in and two of them were not. And for a year, I went and cut those widows' grass every week. I shoveled their snow every week when it, or when it needed to, to be shoveled. My mom made soup. I took them soup. It was my pleasure and my delight to serve them, and to care for them, and to love them. And I was not allowed to take any reimbursement for what I did. See, that was the kicker. That was the one. And I bless my mother to this day. I bless my mother. And I went to Katie Hines. And I served that lady. And when she was dying... I had the opportunity to sit next to her bed and serve her soup that I took. And I learned that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. But you also reap after you sow. Had I not sown, had I not sown into those four widows, I would not have enjoyed The joy of being able to serve Jesus that has stuck with me throughout my life. See, most of the time that I've heard this passage, particularly you reap what you sow, it's when somebody messes up. Right? And what do we say? Well, you're reaping what you sow. Well, you just reaped what you sowed. That's the context that I've heard this passage in most often. It's almost like a it's a discipline. It's a it's a it's spoken in a critical manner to kind of get the person to measure up. Come on, knock it off. You, you're reaping what you're sowing. But I've come to see this passage in a little bit different way. And I, I want to express my gratitude today to Craig Rochelle, who is the pastor of Life Church. Life Church is videos all over the world where people are gathering and you watch a video. And it's, I don't know how large it is, it could be 100,000 people, whatever. But I really appreciate God speaking this word to him. That over the last couple of weeks has really been taking root in in my own heart so i'm grateful to craig rochelle and many of the things that i'm going to share with you today i learned from him but hey everything i've learned in my life i've learned from somebody (laughs) so if the holy spirit's bringing it to bear for my good i'm going to share it right so um This passage is not talking about a needle and thread. It's not talking about sowing, right? It's talking about planting. Planting. It's talking about taking a seed and putting it in the ground. To reap means after you take the seed and put it in the ground, and God does what he does with seeds in the ground, whatever comes forth is the harvest. And all you do is gather in from what you have planted. So this passage starts out, says, Do not be deceived. And the idea is, don't be fooled. Don't be stupid. So see, this isn't just saying to people who go out there and they sow wild oats and you say, Well, you're reptile. You reap what you sow. See, this has to do with God. It has to do with us. It has to do with everything that God has given to us. Because all we are and all we have is for God's glory. So, don't be stupid. And it continues. Because God cannot be mocked. The Greek word for mocked here means snubbed. You can't snub your nose at God. Don't be stupid. You can do that to somebody else, but you can't do that with God. God will not be mocked. You might fool a lot of people, but you're not going to fool God. So right off the bat, Paul is saying, don't kid yourself don't kid yourself and then the next words he says a man reaps what he sows don't kid yourself you will reap what you sow that's what we need to understand that's what he's saying understand this don't be stupid about this this is really important What you are harvesting will reflect what you planted. What you are harvesting will reflect what you planted. You will get out what you put in. Your outcomes will be determined by your input. It makes a difference how and what you sow. Either you are sowing in your flesh. If you sow in your flesh, it will lead to destruction. Or you are sowing in the Spirit. If you sow in the Spirit, you will reap eternal life. This is the way that all of life works. But we reap what we sow. It's kind of like you going to the cliff up here. And saying, I don't believe in the law of gravity. And you jump off. It doesn't matter if you believe the law of gravity or not. The law of gravity is going to get you. Right? That's exactly this. You see, it's one of God's laws. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And it's like gravity. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. You're going to live it out. What? You sow, you will reap. So, if you sow tomato seeds, you get tomatoes. If you plant seeds, don't be stupid. Don't be deceived and expect tomatoes. You can't plant watermelon seeds and get tomatoes. Picture a farmer out in his field. Wait, what's this? It's a tomato. I can't believe it. I planted corn. Not going to happen. If you plant corn, you are going to reap corn. So don't plant corn if you want tomatoes. That would be stupid. That's what Paul is saying here. That would be stupid. Now, when you put, put a certain type of seed in the ground, you get a harvest that corresponds with the seed you plant. You can count on it. That's what Paul is saying. You can count on it. It's going to happen. So don't come to church and say, where are all the people? Where are the people that are saved? Where are those who are coming into the kingdom? Don't expect to sow what you don't plant. If you come simply for yourself out of your own flesh, you're going to reap destruction. If you sow in the Spirit and you allow the Spirit to tell you what to sow, where to sow, and allow the Spirit to sow, then you will reap eternal life. Don't fool yourself into thinking you could plant one thing and reap another. I saw a, a program this week where there were young people, there were three young people and one adult. And it's this lady in Minnesota, I forget where in Minnesota, but she sold, she sold to destruction in her life. And then she came into a relationship with a group of people who sowed in the Spirit and sowed Christ's seed into her life and she became a believer. And she sensed a call that God was calling her to save the children just like her that she was becoming acquainted with in the community. So she didn't go and start an organization. She's a lot like Ms. Crumit Dollar. She saw a need and she responded. By the way, pray this morning for Kristen. She's at Greenmont Church this morning sharing the ministry with Greenmont. She didn't wait. That was God's call upon her life. And so... She reached out. She started in her home. And there were three young people that shared their testimonies. And the first girl said, I was fighting all the time with everybody. I kept fighting. I kept fighting. I kept pushing everybody away. The young man said, I drank alcohol. I I, I wanted to to." to I didn't want to be in pain. And one day I drank alcohol and I took my brother with me and a car hit us and my brother died in the accident. And I began to drink and then I began to use drugs and there was another boy that said, I had drug issues. My father walked away from me and told me that I was not important. He said, my whole life I've been seeking a father. And now I found one. And the lady gave her testimony. And she said, at the age of of 16, oh, at the age of eight, I learned to shoot a shotgun. And she said, that's what I did when people wronged me. I shot at them. She said, that gives you some idea. She said, I was in a gang for 16 years. She had tattoos from here everywhere, right? But she said, I sowed destruction, but I want these young people to reap life. I want them to reap the goodness that God has for their lives, and that really that really touched me. What touched me most was she didn't wait for an organization. She went and did it. She just went out. She took a kid into her house. She took another kid into her house. And now there is a very large halfway house that goes out and seeks these children and tries to bring them into a relationship with a God who loves them and cares for them. And I could just hear, I mean, these kids were dripping with the new life that they had been receiving as they begin to realize that they reap, they reap what they've sown, and now they are beginning to reap a different harvest. Somebody says one thing and does another. In their friendships, there's four girls. One of the girls says one thing and does another. One of the girls, that girl, steals from the other three. Now there's an opportunity to get an apartment together and there's only three beds. What happens to that one girl? She's not invited. She's reaping what she has sown. You don't like what you're reaping, change what you're sowing. Like the harvest, change the seed. But I just want to bring it home here. And that is, you reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. Bill and Cynthia go into their garden. They got all kinds of seeds. They plant different things, tomatoes, corn, whatever it is. They go out and they reap a harvest and they give it away and they bring it here and they give it to other people. They reap what they have sown. But what about the farmer that goes out to the land He tilled it. He plowed it. And then he goes out on his tractor and he has a big bag of seeds. And he takes that big bag of seeds and he throws it down on the ground. And then he sits there and he waits. He waits. And he waits for the harvest. He becomes impatient as he waits. And he waits. He envisions the harvest what this could look like. He sees a huge field of wheat and it's wonderful. But it's not going to come because you only reap after you sow. You reap after you sow. You first put the seed into the ground. The Spirit guides you, and you put the seed in the ground, the seed that gives eternal life, the seed that God wants to plant. I think what Paul is saying here is, it's stupid to expect a harvest and not plant any seeds. But God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked because this is God's law. You sow, you reap. After you sow, you reap. I understand that a mission statement and a vision statement can become kind of monotonous to some people as you repeat it week after week. But my question today is this. What is our Mission statement. To make disciples of Jesus who make disciples. May I ask you, how are you sowing? What are you doing to sow into that mission? The vision statement. We are called to be An equipping outpost that sends people into the community for kingdom impact. May I ask you, what are you doing to sow into that vision? What specifically have you done this week to sow into that vision? Because what I hear Paul saying is, it's kind of stupid to expect that you're going to have a harvest if you don't sow into it. You reap after you sow. James Clark says, imagine putting a pot full of room temperature water on a gas stove. The flame is going and going and going, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it goes from 65 degrees to 97 degrees to 211 degrees. 211 degrees, and the flame's still going, but it doesn't boil until it gets to 212 degrees. And James Clark says, how does the church handle that? How does the church handle that when you don't see a harvest, but you keep planting and planting and planting and planting? He says, if you're waiting for the water to boil at 211 degrees, you're going to be frustrated. But the water has never been closer to boiling at 211 degrees. If you wait another minute, you will have 212 degree water that's boiling. But he says, what if you give up and stop praying for your prodigal child at 211 degrees? And the next day would have been the boiling point. It would have been the breakthrough. What if? What if you stop sowing? at 211 degrees? What if you give up and stop encouraging that loved one that you're trying to share the good news of the gospel with? It's 211 degrees, but it's not boiling yet. You haven't seen anything be reaped of what you're sowing. What if you give up And stop reaching out to your unbelieving friend. It's 211 degrees. And that next word would have been the boiling point. The reconciliation. What if you give up and you stop sowing? But you expect to reap a harvest. I want to encourage you today. The mission statement and the vision statement that is in place in this congregation is a fantastic mission and vision statement. I happen to believe that. The desire to see people come to Jesus who then make disciples of Jesus is what the Scripture is all about. It's what God is all about. Wanting to be equipped and to bring people into the fellowship of the body and equip them in Christ, equip them in the Word, send them out, let them begin to learn how to minister, to be an equipping center where there's a difference made for the kingdom of God in this community. For the last year, for the last six months, I've been chairing a re-entry ministry, and we look good on paper. We really look good on paper. But any church can look good on paper with a mission and a vision statement. I, I sometimes breeze the internet, and I'm like, wow, that's a great mission statement. Wow, that's a great vision statement. I wonder if they're living it out, Right? So I can admit, when I'm a little frustrated, and this re-entry ministry, we were going for six months, and it felt like we were just spinning our wheels. Spin, 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 spin. We had changes of leadership, and then I, I, I began to oversee the steering team. And we're getting things in place. But what do you do when you don't have something in place and God keeps having people call you who are ex-cons that are coming out of prison and you say, well, this looks like a good game. Yeah, this is what, yeah, this is what we want to do. But nobody's doing it. What do you do? Come back and say, you only reap God's harvest after you sow. Sow, reap, sow, reap. So about a month ago, I said, you know what? I'm not waiting until this cake is done. We're getting the ingredients together, but I'm going to start meeting with these folks. And that's what I've been doing. I've been meeting with two people that have come out of, of jail or prison and discipling them. Meeting with them for an hour, giving them a path to come to Jesus, and then to follow Jesus, and then to be a witness for Jesus. Because I was very uncomfortable reading this passage and saying, We haven't, we're not sowing anything. We're just talking about it. And how in the world is God going to reap a harvest if the people that are called by his name, do not sow. I want to encourage you to keep sowing seeds that are guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit. One of the temptations that this congregation is going to face and I I've been in ministry now for 50 years. One of the temptations that you're going to face is make it all about Philip Rice. Make it all about Philip Rice. I got news for you. Yes, biblically, you are to care for the shepherd. But you're going to want to ask the shepherd, how are you going to get us out there sowing so that we can reap God's harvest? That's the question that you should be asking me. That's the question that you should be asking any shepherd of this congregation. Because if you don't, and I've seen this happen over and over and over again. Philip Rice is not going to carry the mission, and the vision. Because it's not his mission and vision. It's yours. And the day that he gets here, you need to make it clear to Philip Rice that he is here to, to help this congregation to soul into the gospel, to sow the Spirit so that you can reap the eternal life, so that others can reap eternal life. So don't sit back when Philip Rice gets here and say, I wonder what he's going to do for us. I wonder how inspiring he's going to be to me. Who cares how inspiring he is to you? This is what is inspired, folks. This is the inspired Word of God. And I want to make very clear today that this is not a lashing of any kind. I'm not saying, well, look at this! You reap what you sowed! I'm not saying that today. What I am saying to you is don't expect tomatoes if you're planting corn. Don't expect a harvest of wheat if the seeds... Are sitting there at your feet. Don't expect it because God will not be mocked. This law is a law of God. Just like gravity is, the law of sowing and reaping is a law of God. So, what I want to walk away from this message with this morning for Bruce Hankey is where am I sowing? In the spirit, not in the flesh, but where am I sowing seeds that God is going to use? Sow in the spirit. Don't judge your success each day by what you reap, judge the success by the seeds that you sow. So next week, next week, I would like to provide for an opportunity. I realize that, I mean, I've been so blessed to, to, uh, to pastor this congregation for the last year and a half. I believe in you. I believe that God has gifted you all in unbelievable ways. I don't believe That you are reaping yet what God wants to sow in you and through you. I have not seen that yet. So next week, I would like to provide opportunity. And I realize that you you want to honor and, and care for Janet and I, and I really appreciate that. But I will tell you what I told each congregation when I left it. All right. Just tell me tell me what God is reaping now. Tell me what the harvest is. Tell me about the harvest. Tell me what God is sowing into your soul and how God is reaping something because that will be that will be music and joy to my ear. You understand what I'm saying? So let's all pray this week. I just told you, I, I I've experienced joy in the last week because I decided to sow. I saw the young man this past Thursday at the reentry ministry. I met with him beforehand for, for a, a little bit of a dinner, and we opened the scripture and he shared, and he shared what God is doing in his life how he is experiencing Christ in his life. And he wants to sow. He wants to sow into other people's lives. So we got to the meeting, and I said, you want to give a testimony tonight? And he said, yes, I want to give a testimony. And for the next 10 minutes, he gave a testimony from his heart about how he was experiencing God's salvation, sanctification in his life, and how he was blessed by God and the ways in which he was believing that God wanted him to care for others. He wants to sow. He wants to sow into the kingdom. And that just, I mean, that just just blessed me. We had about 18 people there on Thursday night, And everybody had a smile on their face. Why? Because God revealed His glory. His glory is when we get out of the way and we sow so that Christ can reap a harvest. I'm believing for a harvest for this congregation. I'm believing for a harvest of souls. I'm believing for a harvest of people that when they come in the door, they're going to go right back out again because they've been touched by the living Christ. And we're not here for ourselves. We're here to bring honor and glory to God. Let's pray.